and sit down. is up everybody welcome to not a real veteran our christmas episode thanks for being flexible and letting us start 20 minutes early because you know as you know this season is pretty crazy schedules are crazy there's a lot going on so thank you for being understanding uh we've got a great show for you a very jolly merry show co-host on here immediately to hash out some drama you liar i've watched at least three episodes of parks and rec since really you. oh that's news to all me your house. they were all at your house we fell asleep uh 15 minutes into the first one damn it well if you wouldn't sing me lullabies every time i come over and serenade me i would probably stay awake for more episodes but that's all maybe right. so i had a, a thought we can talk about what's going on in the world of course because you know we will always and it just always comes up but we should also talk about our military Christmases. I had the and, same uh, thought. Genius. I had a feeling you might. I honestly did. I thought you might have thought of this already. But uh, I bet we can come up with some pretty good stories. I'm trying to remember. Some of mine, I, I went home. What about you? Uh, what'd you say? Did you go home for any of your Christmases while you were active? Um, yeah. I don't remember specifically. Uh, the one I remember the most is uh, my first PCS was on christmas day um i remember that one let's see yeah i mean i'd always went home well see that was the problem since i uh, i was always on a short tour i was i was always pcsing around christmas so i was always home it wasn't leave yeah. i would take leave during the summer and i'd get free leave you know i'd get to go home uh between bases uh so yeah i usually was uh home for christmas usually almost always okay that's kind of cool, but it's kind of screwed up that your rotation gets like that, and you're always going to be leaving around the holiday season because that's not a good time to travel. It's kind of the worst. 
Thank you. Thank you, Big Blue. Always appreciate you. Yeah. Word, dude. Well, what did you think? I mean, the Veteran Caucus posted about it today, but what did you think about the new DOD directive that's telling, you know, if basically, if you haven't read it, I think it's like 11 pages, but if you share something from extremist content, if you um, even like something as extremist content and you're a military member, that can be construed as now supporting it, um, which is insane. Yeah. Um. So I'm trying to think. There's a lot to it. Probably that's going to be at the discretion of it's going to be like uh, at a low level that's going to, well, unless they make some sort of task unit, you know, unless they assign some people where that's their job is to monitor that stuff. It might just be given like supervisors and commanders authority to like give people, you know, uh, LORs and maybe even NJP, depending on how bad it is. And uh, I, I don't agree with it at all. But to be fair, do you remember that West Point? A cadet that got kicked yeah. out because he was wearing a communism shirt underneath his uniform. No, I did not remember that. Yeah, he had a, I think it was Che Guevara shirt and it said, Communism will win. And the wow. internet freaked out and he got kicked out for that. So, I mean, uh, was he wearing it in uniform? Yeah, he was wearing it underneath his uniform. You know that, uh, that's on him. I mean, yeah, it's still I mean, stupid. It's still stupid, but that makes, that makes some sense. It's like, uh, but, I mean, I don't know. That was a different administration, and uh, I, I didn't read any of that directive. So, I mean, I wonder if it's just giving uh, authority to, like, the supervisors, commanders to give uh, punishments for that sort of stuff, or if they're going to make mm -hmm. some sort of task unit or special unit to actually monitor that stuff. Man, I don't know what the end goal is. I mean, almost like the vaccine, they would probably lose a lot of people. Is that a uh, deterrent, or is that a uh, good thing for them? I have no idea. I guess if they actually, yeah, crack down on it, they probably would lose a lot of people. Well, you and I would have been screwed, definitely. Well, definitely you know, got kicked out. You definitely would have. I wasn't as political back then, but uh, if I was, I probably would have. Uh, I probably would have. <laughs> I probably would have endorsed Thomas Queter <laughs> for Senate. So smooth of a segue, Tom for fifty two dot com. That's T O M. FOR52.com, Thomas Queter, State Senate, New York. And <laughs> obviously, the Alaskan Raven, I couldn't share any of their memes because uh, I would have just a huge target on me for sharing Alaskan Raven's memes. If you want to see their extremist memes, go check them out on Facebook at Slick Crow. Um, I always do. And uh, I messaged them the other day or commented on a picture. Uh, they were talking about winter in Alaska. And I just told them how uh, Alaska winter is baby winter compared to Greenland winter. True. And Crowned by Gold, book three of the Royal Green series. You can find them at theroyalgreen.com and on Amazon in paperback and Kindle. Uh, James Toller for uh, Kentucky representative. People helping people. Um, he puts people ahead of politics. And he's in Kentucky. Same I want to dissect, dissect this. You want to dissect him? Well, no, I don't want to dissect this ad. This gives me some People for Liberty vibes. Do you see that? Um, I'm not too familiar with their vibes, to be perfectly honest. Oh, okay. I mean, do you I think he looks like Larry him. Sharp? I do think he looks like no, not at all. But it, it reminds uh, me of stuff that they've marketed before, and it makes me wonder if they're like supporting him or something, but that's awesome. Um, cool. I've never heard of this guy. Now I'm going to look him up right away. James Toller for Kentucky. I think we're and, supposed to pretend like we know him and are familiar with his campaign. Well, you know what? That's that's what bootleg does. I'm not a liar, so I'll we'll take the money and I will be an honest 
uh, supporter and go look him up like you guys should all do. You're welcome. Um, and we got the Coliseum, not a real podcast network is producing a new show and it's going to be on Friday nights, I believe. And it's going to be debate themed. And I can't remember the date of the first one, but I wish it was on the ad, but we will uh, that later. Spike Cohen, Dave Smith, right on the board. tomorrow night. Online no, Friday celebrity. night. Oh, that's not the Coliseum? Tomorrow night. Damn, they stole our idea. They did. They did, those bastards. But anyway. Oh, yeah. how perfect would that be, though? Let's see if we can, like, uh, if we can hijack that because, you know, like Lions in the Coliseum. True. That's good. I like that. Lions for Liberty. Uh, we should actually be thinking about who we could have on. Presents. No, too much. But yeah, we should think about having a debate on here, though. We could ask a couple people to come on, or you and I could just debate, but it's just hard because we usually agree. Um, It'll be wow. white pill versus gray pill versus black pill. We can debate that. Who's the Who's the black pill? Uh, I don't know. Okay. The entire uh, just the that debate. We don't, you know. Okay, so I'm gonna go back to the what we were talking about about the military rules, though. Yes, let's it's do. interesting from a libertarian perspective, right? We believe that an employer should be able to set pretty much any standard they want on a person as far as um you know stop stop blasting that comment as far as employment goes you know what i mean with your contract of employment is really between individuals and it's funny that we don't extend that to the i'm gonna take this fucking down braxton we don't extend that to the government but i think that that's rightly so because i don't think the government is a business and it shouldn't be treated like one and it shouldn't have the freedom that a business has it should be tied down by chains uh, by the Constitution, and that that's a Thomas Jefferson quote, I think. But um, actually, I don't remember who said that. But you get the rift. So why is it? Do you think that the government should be able to discriminate against people um, like we believe private businesses should? Because that's kind of where libertarianism kind of, um, you know, mm-hmm. comes to a head. That's a good question. Obviously, I want the government to be a lot more uh, restrained than a private business. No mm-hmm. question, but at the same time, you just have to think about the uh, voluntary nature. Like you, as a person, are still choosing to join the military. So, mm-hmm. from that standpoint, I—I I mean, again, I don't agree with this decision nor a lot of their decisions. But um, I don't know, man. It just—it doesn't—it doesn't actually work that way as it is right now. Is you know, like with the draft and stuff like that. Like it's uh it's hard as it stands to think of them just as an employer. And I mean, it's, sure. you know, it, there, there's lots of stuff that goes into that. Some stuff I was thinking about today was like, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it's military wide or air force wide. I uh, stick to the air force news if I can help it. And I'm pretty sure uh paternity leave just got increased. Huh? Makes sense. I and I always that. thought that was an interesting deal. I actually got in a good bit of a uh, trouble for, uh, voicing my opinion about uh, maternity leave. Um, I say a lot of sexist stuff just to be funny. This was uh, yes, not sexist. And uh, well, so all of the bases I were at, and this is most of the cop squadrons of the Air Force, they have a Panama schedule where okay. you work every other weekend. And the weekend's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So if okay. I worked Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I'd be mm-hmm. off Monday, Tuesday, go back to work Wednesday, Thursday, then I'd have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. So okay. uh, not not a bad schedule. Um, one week you work five days, the next week you only work two days. So awesome. uh, yeah, not a bad schedule at all. And you end up working six months out of the year doing it that way. <laughs> and uh, why do they just get to work less inherently? Are they working longer days? 
I mean, usually it, it depends, but uh, gotcha. it depends. And that, like I said, that's not every squadron in the Air Force. I know plenty of people that were on like uh, six and threes and sure. uh, other, you know, pretty bad schedules. But that's that's what most of them are. So you're working six months out of the year. Uh, maternity leave is, I believe, how long was it? Three three months. So wow. if you if if you you know have a baby, then you're only working uh, three months out of the year. And then every military member earns 30 days of paid leave a year. So you're working 60 days out of the year, making, you know, like $22,000, $23,000 a year. Okay. And uh, for 60 days of work, which is uh, pretty awesome. It is pretty freaking awesome. But, uh, I mean, how does that impact the mission? Because we want, uh, we don't want our military or anything the government has its hands in to be large necessarily. Sure. We do want it to be successful, productive, and efficient. And is that very efficient? True. Um, okay. That's a good point. I want to get back to that. Um, but one thing, but you know, just to kind talking of counter about your the military argument, as an employer. Yeah, right. To, right. Exactly. Um, but kind of going back the, so the military, this is tough just from a debate standpoint, you know, every, everybody who works for the government does so voluntarily now. So yeah, with, with the draft, if that were to happen, that would change things. And that's a different argument. That's obviously slavery and that that's completely wrong. Um, beyond a shadow of a doubt. But everybody does work for the government voluntarily. So under the same, you know, concept that we think that private business owners should be able to discriminate, set standards, things like that. The government, um, you know, could do that to the same way because everyone's entering into a voluntary contract. But I think what makes it really different is that since the government is an entity that we elect and vote for and, and you know, build with our laws, I don't mm -hmm. think they really have a right to, like, lay out those standards um, like so, I mean, does. that's like the Thomas Sowell quote, you know, I can't think of anything more dangerous or more stupid than putting people in charge of making decisions that don't have to suffer the consequences of those decisions. Bingo. So there's that. And, um, but you know, that it's an interesting debate in the military. Would you not kind of want, um, more, you have, um, good order and discipline you know what i mean like you would kind of expect a uh, more of a thumb on people for the sake of unit cohesion and like i said good order and discipline sure. so but you know at the same time uh federal employees it seems like they the government is more strict with them than most employers are some of the benefits are great no doubt but like exactly with the mask and the vaccine mandates they were the first ones to get the shaft, you know, like you will comply with this or you get fired. So that's obviously sure. terrible. That's, that's the side of it we need to fix, but that's kind of a, a, not a debate, but a discussion. Should the military, should they have a uh, thumb pressed on them constantly from, you know, a high up level uh, unit level? I get, you know, there's so many uh, platoon sergeants, commanders, stuff like that. There's, there's not a blanket for that, but from the, big government standpoint should the military be regulated more closely than uh people who work for just the federal government and uh sure. other capacities and the answer is i don't know i kind of think that yeah it is kind of important to have good order and discipline um i don't think that should include uh vaccine mandates and uh the reduction in the freedom of speech and all that sort of thing but uh i do wonder you know what if we were more like the Canadian military where you're allowed to grow beards. You're allowed to smoke pot. What if we're more like the rebel Alliance from star Wars where everybody's just a person and you do your <laughs> job and you're expected to do your job well, but you're not treated like you're a, you know, like a drone. Sure. So I think that that brings up a lot of good points. I'm going to kind of cop out of this argument entirely just by saying it almost goes against the idea of a standing army in the first place, really, because the fact that a government entity 
um, shouldn't have the freedom to adjust those standards freely like it does, yeah. at least to the extent it does now. I don't feel like that's really representative government at all. Um, forgot where the fuck I was going with that. Well, dude, maybe but, what if they had more of a, a free market counterpart? What if we, for every government entity, there also had to be a private entity? So for the United States military, there was also a civilian version of it. So that way they would be uh, incentivized to do stuff well. That way, like, why would you enlist in the, you know, United States Army if, uh, you know, this army over here let you grow beards, for example? Sure, um, sure. And I, I think that it's an interesting question, too, when you're talking about the unit cohesion and stuff, because um, it's kind of like, to me, it's like the same application as a dictatorship to efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, statism and not statism, but oppression and tyranny are useful they're not good they're not beneficial to the people who are being oppressed but they're very useful for getting things done like building industry and military might and fighting wars and all those kind of things and they're very good and efficient for that kind of thing central planning works very well in those structures um but i think that there's still a point that the freedom like you're saying has a lot to do with it i, I like that you bring up the rebels in star wars i don't have a historical you know, group to point to, except for the freaking, you know, militiamen in the revolution. So, I mean, that's kind of the same thing, you know, I think that we should lean, lean towards that more and have more of a culture of voluntarism. And, you know, we fight for these things because we want to, and who knows, maybe if those people really want to do that job, they might be really damn good at it. Yeah, true. Uh, what a can of worms. It is indeed. It is. So, oh, nice, dude. I just thought you ditched me on the sweater. I was like, what the heck, man? Oh, are you wearing a Christmas sweater too? Oh, not really. I'm wearing a deer sweater that passes as a Christmas sweater. So it's yeah, just right. a deer, but it's Christmassy enough. But today at work, I wore a, a uh, dinosaur. Awesome. Did you? Oh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. On your, yeah, I, I saw the uh, Instagram story, of course. Mm-hmm. Right, so Follow the realist idealist on Instagram. Everybody. I changed it to the, to the willist idealist. You didn't I haven't been fishing me? very much lately. I didn't consult you. I'm sorry. I should consult you before changing my Insta handle. You, you could be like my my agent, my manager. No, I don't know. Agent. You're 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 more active on social media than I am. Significantly, yeah. I mean, I do make yeah. fun of it whenever you post the "I voted" sticker and you post your vaccine card, but uh, you also have yeah. some uh, really good. You're you're good on social media. I'm basically a closet statist, or yeah, I'm a mm-hmm. closet statist, and on social media, I'm a closet libertarian. No, just kidding. But yeah, I do. I keep everything so clean for my job, and it's it gets old sometimes. But at the same time, um, you know, it sucks that people would judge you for that. One time, I was debating with these people on like a news a news post about mask mandates. Yeah. And I was talking shit, and you know, calling them out and saying it's, it's tyranny and whatnot. And uh, these ladies, I guess, stalked my profile, and she was like, "I can't believe you would talk about that um, and make this argument." I was being completely respectful. Like when I debate people on social media, I I debate, but I'm not a dick most of the time. And I was not being this time, but um, they were like, I can't believe you would say those things with your job listed on your Facebook. Like, oh, well, like, are you going to call my boss, Karen? Is that what you're telling me? Is that like a threat? But seriously, it's sad that I can't just be as political as I want to be because um, the free exchange of ideas does not exist anymore. People are too afraid to talk about things and too afraid to stand for anything. Do you remember when you accidentally sent your uh, boss the voice message that was meant for me? Bro. I had a moment just like that today, so it's funny that you bring that up. That was the worst. So for our audience, I sent my boss on accident a voice message that was yelling profanity that was meant for Braxton, and I sent it to my boss. It was awful. He was cool about it. Today, 
I was talking to one of our caregivers on the phone because they needed yeah. something, which they call like 20 times a day. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of them. So I don't really memorize them. It's tough. But um, I accidentally called her babe. I was like, all right, bye, babe. <laughs> I just like William started laughing. Everybody in the office was dying. I was like, look, I've been on COVID. I've been on lockdown with my girlfriend for the past two weeks. I've been saying, babe, a lot. Give me a break. It was terrible, though. <sighs> Man, yeah, shrug it off. Yeah, shrug exactly, bro. Exactly. I'm not. I'm not sweating. Can't hold it actually on to that. Made me laugh. <laughs> I wasn't planning to, but I appreciate the advice. <laughs> uh, anyway, dude. So, what would you stop? Speaking of not being able this to hold on to things. This is part of facing the music, Will. I don't Why like haven't it. you watched like Parks and Recreation? Do you hate libertarianism? I Can you think of a lot of other uh, mainstream, um, just absolute popular shows that feature like prominent libertarians? I don't think that a fictional character counts as a prominent libertarian. He does if he's Ron that. Swanson. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He's not a, he's not a libertarian in real life. So, but he's still an ideal. I mean, just as much as John Galt. Come on, Will. True. Okay, you know what? Okay, that's a good argument. He's basically, he's basically our generation's John Galt. How about that? <laughs> Who is Ron Swanson? John Galt is our generation's John Galt. Yeah, that's true. But that's hilarious. Um, so, all right, let's get back to some good Christmas, good old Christmas memories. Oh, yeah, so, you go ahead. Yeah, let me think about it for a second. My first o Christmas. Oh, Tannenbaum, oh, Tannenbaum. Oh, Tannenbaum, that's a German word. My first Christmas, Christmas yeah, of course it does. Um, my first Christmas was in Germany, and that was pretty uneventful. Um, it was just me and my wife at the time, and we just watched TV and like sat around the house because we didn't have any family here, and we had just moved there, so we didn't really have anything to do. Um, what when what month did you graduate from tech school? Uh, November. And then you okay, so wow, so you took leave and wrap. Yeah, and then I moved. So I think I got to um Ramstein like November twelfth. So I'd been there like a little over a month whenever it was Christmas. And anyway, but that was still cool. I still remember that. It was it was still fun. Um my other Christmases while I was in I spent in Oklahoma, except the last one, which was two thousand sixteen, and crazy year for me. I was still in the Air Force, but I stayed actually in Germany. Um and I worked that day. Actually, I worked on Christmas. We cooked breakfast for everybody, and then mm -hmm. I had a seizure and went to the hospital. That was crazy, but it was a cool, it was a cool Christmas up until that point. I was actually really happy to be at work and be hanging out with everybody. Let me think, dude. Um, I remember one Christmas we actually hung out at Tinker. Remember we met at Tinker? Was that that was around Christmas? Yeah. Yeah, it was around Christmas. Yeah, probably not Christmas Day, but we were both home on leave at the same time. Yeah, I think uh, that that was after you got back from Greenland. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, probably. And, dude, I, I think I've shared at least 90% of the story, but, you know, whenever I was out processing from tech school, um, you know, one of the, I don't know, I think it was towards the end, one of the last things I did was get my plane tickets to go to Greenland, and, uh, you know, it said you're flying out on December 25th, and uh, I, I graduated tech school. Well, I was held over for a little bit after that, but anyways, you know, if you're going overseas, you get, like, an extra week or two of leave than the people mm -hmm. who are staying in the States, so, like, you know, I was supposed to leave on Christmas, but... uh I had enough leave to where it should have been, you know, well after New Year's. I had a few more weeks than that. And I was trying to explain that to him. And it was a civilian. And she was like, oh, I guess nobody told you that when you're in the military, you know, you have to, you don't get to spend every Christmas with your family. 
And, uh, wow. I, yeah, because, I mean, like, I, I definitely, definitely, I, I had no idea what to expect joining the military, like, as far as, like, sure. work schedule, that sort of stuff. Like, obviously, I They don't tell you much about that. Like, obviously, I did varies. not expect to spend holidays with my families. I did not expect that at all. But I didn't know, like, what the work schedule was like. Like, if you would have told me, like, oh, you work, you know, uh, 34 days and then you get two days off, like, I would have just been like, oh, okay. Like, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know it was, like, a real job. But so she was being really rude about it. I was like, all right, fine, whatever. So Christmas morning woke up with my family and watched my little brother open his presents. He was like six years old at the time or something. He was little, 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 yeah, little. I remember that. And then my mom and my grandma took me to the airport and, uh, dude, so I flew to Greenland in uniform. They said that, you know, if you're going overseas, you're not supposed to wear your uniform unless it's on yeah. like a military rotator than you are expected to. So I was oh, like, all right, right, cool. So, and that's, that's how I got to Greenland. But whenever I got there, they weren't mad at me, but they're like, yeah, you're not supposed to travel in uniform. And, huh. uh, they were like asking me, my operations superintendent, who's an E8, he was asking, he just, his assignment prior to going to Greenland, he was the superintendent of the Security Forces Academy. So he was asking me, so he just left there. So he's asking me who my tech school instructors were. Like, who were they that told you to travel in uniform? And I felt really bad because I liked my tech school instructors. So I was like, um, I don't really remember their names. Uh, they were all sergeants now. But so I felt bad about that. And then, yeah. Uh, as soon as I got there, actually, I had a sponsor-ish um, that was coming out of tech school, obviously, so I wasn't really, like, used to using my military email. I've, like, sure. actually never used email. You know, you use one to right. create a Netflix account, and that's the, about the extent of it. So uh, <laughs> I did have, like, someone waiting there, you know, not like they had to drive me anywhere or anything like that. But, you know, he took me uh, to, like, the shop at, and I got some food and stuff and got some, like, real initial gear issue uh, since it is Greenland after all. But then I went to the unit headquarters and uh, i got sat down in like some sergeant's office and uh all these people were coming in so this is technically december 26th now because i started my journey at like 10 o'clock in the morning uh christmas morning so this is like about the same time but on the 26th and uh all these people were coming into the office uh like wearing sweatpants and sweatshirts like having me sign all this stuff and uh, what i didn't think of at the time that was my in processing to the base but wow. they just had like an enormous Christmas party the night before everybody got smashed. So these people were either like still drunk or hung over. So they're wow. coming in like in civilian clothes, just handing me like sign this, like, all right, great. You're in process. So, uh, the best in process in processing experience ever. Are you telling me about that? So that was pretty awesome. Um, and then, yeah, after that, I, it just always ended up that I was PCSing, uh, during the holidays, except, I in Korea, my I kept getting bumped back. I actually couldn't out process and uh, I actually got in trouble for that. I mean, I'm sure I've told you that story before. So they made me work on Christmas. They had me like sweeping the floors and stuff in the squadron. And uh, one of my good buddies, actually, it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Corey Nato. Um, it was his, he was an armor. So, uh, I was just like back in the armory chilling with him. And then like a sergeant would come back there looking for me and he'd be like, Oh, I have him cleaning weapons. And they'd be like, no, nah, he's cleaning the squadron. So it didn't work out. I had to work on Christmas that day. And then my last Christmas Damn. in the air force, same thing we had to work, but that was uh, a little bit fun. Damn. Well, bro, I'm going to roll. Cause I got, I don't know what time it is exactly, but how do you like not six, know? 10. Yeah. It's about six ten. My computer's like six or seven minutes off, but I'm not real positive. It says 6.04 right now, so six. Well, that's but, a uh, good segue into the next bone I have to pick with you. How am I not an honorary Darty? Why am I not invited to Darty Christmases? I've been your best friend for a decade. I never um, said you weren't invited. You just never – You just. I never said you were invited. So yeah. It's just, <laughs> you just I'm like sorry. Jessica more than me. 
Um, well, that's that's true in a lot of ways. Yes, that's very true. Yes. Um, and you never pull this shit on bootleg. It's always not a real veteran. You got to leave early or can't make it. Yeah, that's true, man. I'm sorry. It's because I've got, you know, a bunch of podcasts a week and one of them I did first and this one came second. So it's like the harder one to fit into my schedule, you know, mm-hmm. but I make it work. But we'll do better when the next year comes. But I do got to go. So Merry Christmas to all of our amazing viewers. We love you guys and hope you have safe holidays with your family. Um, yeah, keep fighting. Keep following Libertarian Party Veteran Caucus on Facebook. Not a real libertarian. We got a lot of cool stuff coming out. Rex? I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro.